on Mother's Day. Mothers, we want to give you honor. And as Sister Allison has spoken earlier, you may be in this place, and you may be a mom, but you may not be a mom. You may not have kids. But that does not stop the influence that you can have over somebody. Amen. Before I go into the message, uh, we are going to see this video for Mother's Memorial, and uh, we are going to take up a sacrificial Mother's Memorial offering. But uh, you may be seated, Brother Zachary. Johnson with the sanctuary. I have some children here that we're bringing today. Yes, we've been expecting you. Come right in. Thank you. The dollar pastor. Let me tell you, the woman, the widow, that only had a little tiny penny to give, her name was never mentioned, but she was honored in the word of God because she gave and invested what she had. So I'm saying, even if all you give is a dollar, that's an investment in the kingdom. Can you put a price on a soul sitting in these chairs and praying through? Can you put a price on a drug addict coming into this church uh, and praying through to the Holy Ghost? Can you put a price on our Sunday school kids that are praying and, and learning back there? You can't put a price on that. It's an investment, and it's guaranteed. Guaranteed. Thank you. Thank you to everybody has given. Mother's Day. You know, Mother's Day is one of those days that uh, it, it's, a, it's a great, joyous occasion for some. And it's a hard time for others. It's a hard time for those who maybe never had a mother in their life. It's a hard time for those that maybe never had children themselves. But I believe this is a time that we can honor not only our moms who mean so much to us, but to the women in our life that has had an effect on our lives. If, you, if you've had an effect on a lady or a woman who is not related to you, why don't you raise your hand? Several could have had women that, that have had a, 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 a way and a touch of a life. Let me say this. Moms are great. And I want to honor all the mothers. I, I want to honor my mother who, who passed away in 2003. And, and I want to honor my, uh, my sister who, at that time, a, a young kid that didn't, was just trying to find his way through this life and took me into her home when I, I really didn't have no place to go. And she provided shelter for me. She provided me a, a, an opportunity to, to get away from the craziness that, that I was going through and, and shelter me and teach me and ultimately lead me to an apostolic church where I was uh, uh, born again, and, and she has been a, a major help. To uh, my first Sunday school teacher, Sharon King, who at the time, the first time I stepped into an apostolic church, not knowing anybody there, not knowing anything about the church, because of one Sunday school teacher 
who made me feel so welcome in that Sunday school class. And ultimately because she had a son that was close to my age and we became friends and she would have me over to her house and, and I saw what, what a godly mother is like and a godly influence. So I want to honor her today. She may never ever hear this. She may never know this, but she was a major influence in my, in my life. Glad to have my mom here. We may not have always agreed, but I tell you what, I love this woman. And let me say, you will not find somebody with more of a giving heart than that woman right there. And not only that, she's giving it to this woman because you will not find a lady who loves to give to her family, to her church more than this woman right here. So I give honor to, to all, all of them here today. But mothers are so special. I heard the story of a mom whose son was very wealthy. And, uh, you know, Mother's Day, you can go. I always like going to Walmart because you see the aisles are packed in the Mother's Day, the cards and everything, and, and guys trying to find cards and sons and, and husbands. And, and so this very wealthy son was trying to find what he was going to buy his mother for Mother's Day. And he found this very exotic bird. And this bird cost $30,000. Very exotic bird. The bird could sing Amazing Grace. It could quote Psalms 23. It was a very talented bird. And this very wealthy man bought this bird for his mother, had it packaged and sent directly to his mom for Mother's Day as this, this gift. And the son called his mom on Mother's Day and said, Mom, how'd you like the bird that I sent you? And she said, Son, it was very delicious. Well, try and find the right present for mom. Abraham Lincoln said these words. I'll give you some time to get over that. Abraham Lincoln said these words that no man is poor who has a godly mother. There have been many mothers in history, many moms that have impacted sons in a tremendous way. I had a mother that could not be a mom to me, but I knew she loved me. She couldn't always be there for me, but I knew in spirit she was there for me. And I think about the moms and, and those that are, that are represented here today and the lives that are represented and the years that are represented here today. Young people, do not discount the wisdom of your mom because she has lived real life and has had real experiences that we're still learning um, I'm going to throw myself at this as kids they've learned it they've been there they've sacrificed they've had the heartaches they, they've spent the time in prayer for us but I think about mothers in the Bible and, and Hannah the mother that she, she couldn't have children, but she prayed for children and prayed for a long time. And, and God honored her prayer. And she was blessed with a wonderful uh, son named Samuel who went on to become one of the great prophets. In the New Testament, we find those uh, 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 ladies and we find the account of a young, a young preacher boy, Timothy, a very special man 
who came to know the Lord, and he became a great worker, as you find in the book of Acts. But it was because of, of his mother, Eunice, who taught him from a very child the things of the Holy Scripture. She read to him and brought him into the faith of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Exodus chapter number 2. Exodus chapter number 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 10. We're going to read about a, a mother who most of us will not think of her name, will not think of her when, when we read about this. But it's this lady that I want to point out today of the dedication of a mom. Exodus chapter number 2, start with verse number 1. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child. Doesn't all parents and moms think their children are just good looking? I've seen some that are not. But that mom thinks she. That mom thinks she's the best looking baby. Here's how things were in my day. In my day. Back when Lyndon Johnson was president. You know, I'm old. They used to take pictures of the newborn babies. They would take a camera, and I think it was over, over the, the, the bed, and they'd take a picture of the newborn baby, and they'd give you that picture, and you get to take it home to the family and say, well, whoever took my picture when I was just born took it when I was yawning. And I had my pinky in the air, so I kind of looked like... So my dad took that picture home to my, my brothers and sister. And as God is my witness, they asked my dad, Dad, is he a special needs child? <laughs> well, they're still deciding on that. But every mom thinks their baby is the best looking baby. But scripture says that he was a goodly child. And she hid him for three months. And when she could not no longer hide him, she took him uh, she took him for an ark of bulrush and daubed it in slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the, in the flags by the river's brink. And a sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself in the river and her maidens walked alongside the river's side and when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. Verse number six, and when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept, and she had compassion on him. You, you, you put a mother, you put a lady and a baby's cry in the same room, and something kicks in. That motherly instinct kicks in. And she, well, for some. <laughs> she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may uh, nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. In verse number 10, And the child grew, and she brought him into Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, and she called his name Moses. Because of a dedication 
the determination of a mother. Moses came into this world. What a wonderful story uh, of this. Let me give you some, some uh, uh, background. Let me give you some backdrop of, of, of what was happening at that time. You see, Joseph had come down, as we know, and he was in Egypt. He was in, in power. You remember his, his family sold him, and he came, and, and they came, and, and he accepted them, and he took care of them, and his family lived there. So a lot of the children of Israel started coming down to Egypt to live. But it wasn't long that Joseph was out of the picture, and a new pharaoh came on board. And, and, and the scripture says that this was a pharaoh that knew not Joseph. He didn't know the God that Joseph served. He, he didn't know the morals that Joseph lived. But it says that when this new pharaoh came into power, he put an edict into place that every Hebrew baby boy was to be killed, thrown into the Nile River where the alligators can take care of them. So you understand how worried this mom might have been when she was carrying this child. And at the day of birth, the, 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 the agony and, and, and the anguish that would come over her when she asked the handmaiden, what is it? Is it a girl? No, it's a boy. Because she knew what that meant. She knew that meant if that baby boy was found, that it was guaranteed sure death for him. But she had all of these distractions going on, and she had all of these issues of well, how am I going to take care, how am I going to protect, and what am I going to do with this baby boy? But with every mom comes compassion. With every mom comes a love and a determination. I'm going to do whatever I can that this child may live. Let me say this. I don't like spending money on myself, but if my children are in need, if I have to pay a million dollars so that their life would be saved in a hospital, guess what? I will come up with the money. I will pay it somehow. But a mom's determination says, I'm going to do whatever I can that this boy is going to live. So she built an ark. Isn't it interesting that, that an ark has always been an access of safety? an access of salvation, an access of, uh, of a way for a family to be saved. So she built this ark for, for this young boy because after three months, let's face it, it's hard to keep a baby undercover. Brother Zach, Sister, Sister Haley, be kind of hard to kind of hide Miss Gracie. She lets her presence be known. You can only keep them quiet for so long. And they begin to develop those lungs. And they begin to develop that, that ability to tell you that they're hungry, that, that, that they're ready to eat, or that, you know, they, they, they get loud. So she knew she couldn't keep him hidden for too long. She hid him for three months. But she built this ark and, and put it onto, onto that riverbed. And we find out later on in the scriptures in Exodus that mom's name, does anybody know? Jochebed was her name. Moses' mother. But there was a lot of anxiety with mom of what's going to happen when I put him into this ark. There was anxiety of, is this really going to work? Is this really going to pan out? But let me say this. I know some prayers were going on over that baby. 
I know some prayers were going on as she released that baby into the river. And as we live today, there's a lot of anxiety that is going on in our world. A lot of anxiety after this past year of pandemic of, of what's going to happen. Are we going to be able to have church? Am I going to have a job? Are, are we going to be able just to function? When is things going to get back to normal? A lot of anxiety of do we get the shot? Do we don't get the shot? Do we go out? Do we mask? Don't we? Who don't mask? And there's a lot of anxiety over our children. Because when I think back when I was a kid, we got to play in the streets. Mom and dad let us out of the house. No, they kicked us out of the house. You got on your bike, you played, you come back at supper time, and you left and you came back before the 9 o'clock whistle because when the 9 o'clock siren goes, goes off, dad said the monsters come out. So I, that siren goes off, I'm running. But we could be gone all day. And no worries. Now our kids are playing. If they don't come back in an hour or two, we get scared. A lot of anxiety because it's a mean, cruel world, just as it was in Egyptian time. A lot of anxiety of, of, and uncertainty. But let me say this, young people, Zach and Haley, you can rest assured that God's got his hand on Gracie. You can rest assured that God has got his hands on your children. Chloe, God's got his hand on you. Because there's a lot of prayers of, of, of moms and dads that, that are going out over these children. And I thank the Lord for godly parents that are praying for their, for their kids. This mother, Jochebed, knows that the penalty is sure death if she gets caught with this baby. She knows it's sure death that if, if Moses is caught, he will be thrown into that, that river just like every other baby boy. But this is what she had. She had a determination. She had a determination. I'm going to do whatever I can that this baby will live. She's a very remarkable woman. She's very unusual. She, she set herself aside by saying, I'm just not going to fall into the, the Egyptian way, but I'm going to do things my way, and I'm going to make sure that my child lives. They say women are the weaker sex. <laughs> Sister Augustine, amen. Ladies, there's a strength in you. There's many strong women that are in this sanctuary right now. And I give honor to you. I, I stand amazed at the strength of that woman right there. At the first sign of, of what she went through with three cancers last year, I would have went down for the count. Just, put, just start digging that grave right now but I've never seen such a strength and a determination of a woman to say, I'm going to beat this and I'm going to overcome this no matter what it takes. And let me say, and baby, I hope I'm not embarrassing you. The whole time that she was up, the, the whole time that she was right at death's door, do you know what the thing that was on her mind was taking care of her kids and making sure her family's taken care of? That's not weakness. That's strength right there. 
And she thanked me every day for taking care of her. I said, baby, you, you're the reason why I can go on because I see your strength. That's why I do what I do. It's because of you. And I've seen ladies that have fought for her kids. I've seen women that have fought for their families. And I've seen women that have put all of their own affairs aside to take care of their families. And Jacobed said, this is what I have to do. Sure, there was fear. Sure, there was all kinds of anxiety. But she says, I know what I have to do. So Jochebed did just that. And isn't it just like God to work things out that, that when she put that baby in that ark and pushed it down the river, not knowing what was going to happen, that there just happened to be one of uh, the handmaidens that, that picked that baby up. And sister was right there. And she said, I, I know someone who could take care of this baby. And what you know? God worked it out. That mama was going to be the one to take care of Moses. So you know what? She started from that very first day. She started inputting into that baby. I'm going to teach him about the one true God. There's not going to be a moment where I don't input into him about morals and values and manners. So she said, I've only got a short amount of time before I have to turn this boy back to Pharaoh's daughter. So she put into him, moms, don't let a day go by where you don't put something into your baby. That you don't be that example for them. And that's exactly what she did. She had a determination that no matter what he has to go out, listen, there's a reason why we have Sunday school. It's so we can give little Junior and little Joey some crackers and some juice back there and kind of occupy their time until worship time. No. We're inputting into them because we know that in a matter of time, they're going to be teenagers and they're going to be going out to a horrific school. They're going to be going out to a horrific uh, uh, environment. And if we don't input in them, guess what? There is a world that will. If you don't put your values and godly values in them, guess what? There are some teachers and students that will tell them what their God is. Because I, I think this should be in our young people. And not what the latest pornography side is. This is what we should be inputting in them. You know, many of you may not know, but Sister Allison is a plant girl. You go to her house, you see plants everywhere. You walk in the front door. You go into the kitchen, plants. Into the guest room, everywhere, plants. But you don't just put a plant on a stand and walk away from it. I've had cactuses. 
I've had aloe veras. I've had those, what are those Chinese plants that are growing in the water? Bamboo. I, I've, I've had bamboo that you, they, they say you just sit it there. You don't do anything. You sit it there. I killed it. I did. I named it, and I still killed it. But you see, there's great care that comes in to putting plants. You got to water them. You got to feed them. You got to make sure they get the right light. You got to make sure they're, they're, the, the environment's just right. You got to cultivate it. She, she's grown little, little leaves in, in, in this thing of water, and then she planted that, and it becomes a, it becomes a beautiful plant. It just blows my mind. But if we could take that much care in plants and flowers, but yet we expect children just to grow up and learn things on their own. It's amazing to me that, that, that we question and we wonder why did my kid turn out this way when we didn't impart into them God's word. We just expect them to kind of grow up and just get it. We just expect them to grow up and just kind of be godly men. But how much time did we put into them, praying over them, praying with them, reading biblical stories, reading the Bible to them? We've got to cultivate these young babies, cultivate this, these young kids. Because somehow we, we got the idea that, that if we don't impart to them, we could just go back home and do absolutely nothing and just expect them to grow up to be preachers. And it don't happen. It does not happen. So mama said, I'm going to put into him what I believe, and I'm going to put into him my heart. They say the average boy and girl in America right now watches five hours of videos and TV a day. And the average boy and girl in America right now does not even equal to two minutes of Bible reading a day. Let that fact sink in for just a second, that our kids spend more time watching videos than the Word of God. But I think somewhere along the line, Jochebed realized that she was just not going to be able to do with Moses like she wanted to. I bet if, she, if her heart was there, she would have been right there with him in that Nile. But you realize how hard it must have been. I remember the day, just a few years back, I had life was sweet, and my kids living with me, things were going good, and God pulled a funny one and, and uh, sent them both off to Bible school at the same time. So here I had them with me on a weekend, and a Monday afternoon, me and my wife were at a dinner table staring at each other like, what do we do now? They're gone. And how quickly those few years went by where they were the, the age of, of these young ones. And next thing I know, they're leaving to go off to college. Such a short time that we, we get to spend with them. But when they go into high school, when they go into school, our poor Zachary, we, he rode the short bus to school. 
It was. It was very. And he went off to public school. And all I saw was like the little, just the top of his head in that window as it drove off. And it's a heartbreaking time to let our kids go. It's a heartbreaking time to watch them step out on their own. But that's where we come in and say, I know I did everything I can to put morals in them, to place values in them, and to place the word of God in them. Parents, there are coming a time when these little ones are going to be adults. And I don't want them embarrassing us parents. That's our goal. To go out in public and don't embarrass me. That was my dad's word. When he gave me the keys to his car, church, God is my witness. He handed the keys of my car to his car and he said here I'm giving this to you don't embarrass me he said if you're taking a girl out you better treat her with respect you better open the door for her he said and if you get caught by the cops doing anything you better do what that cop says he says if that cop tells you to put your hand on your head you put that hand on the head and if you don't do it and he beats a snot of you I'm going to laugh about it and then I'm going to beat you Yes, sir. But that's it. Moms, the greatest thing that you'll, you can do is to see your children in church with you. The greatest joy is watching these little ones worship God. I see Gracie in the back. I see her lifting her hands. She don't know why she's worshiping. Teach them when they're that age. We don't wait till they're 16, 17, 18 and say, here's why we worship and here's how we worship. Moms, we put into them little at a time. And of course, we know Moses grows up and becomes the very preacher that gets to lead all of the children of Israel out. But because a mom took a time and took some time to instill in him, the greatest joy I have is not me up here tearing the bass up, trying to play the part right. But I get joy when I see our children ministering, preaching at, at, at kids' camps. In fact, Sister Allison, big honor, she's, she's the evening evan children's evangelist at family camp this year. You go, Allison. That's it. Go ahead. Anger for it. That's a, it's a great, great honor. But to see your children ministering, to see them fulfilling the things that we prayed about. Moms, you're very important. You're very important. Ladies, you may never have kids. You may not want kids. But that doesn't stop you from being an example to some of these young ones. Maybe you teach a Sunday school class. Maybe you're just sitting on a pew, but just uh, an example of love. Because these kids are watching. Moms, they're watching you. Whether you worship or whether you don't. Moms, they're watching. 
whether you're living this life outside of the walls or just in here only. Because you're examples and examples of love, examples of prayer and examples of worship. So I honor those. As I said, Sister King was a tremendous example to me. A tremendous example of, of even though I wasn't her child, she treated me as her son. He got in trouble, guess what? I got in trouble. Because usually we went hand in hand. But moms keep preaching to your kids. Oh, my mom preached to me. You didn't look at me that way, did you? She preached. You wait uh, until your mother, your father uh, comes home. <laughs> and the wrath of God came when dad entered into the room. See, mom wasn't the disciplinarian. Dad was. She was just a news reporter. <laughs> and when dad came home, the, the ticker tape went off. John did this. <laughs> Dad didn't even have time to sit down. He got home at 11 o'clock. Dad didn't have time to start eating his dinner before mom tell him everything I did. But moms, ladies, whether you know it or not, you're an influence. You're an influence in this church, and you're an influence in your home. And we want to honor you here today. Sister Heil, you able to come? We would like, number one, all of the moms to stand and, and come on up here, line up in front of the altar. If you're a mother here today, come on up. Don't be shy. Come on, moms. Well, they're coming next. I'm letting the moms up here first. Moms are making their way up here. Next, if you're a lady 21 and older, I want you to come on up here. So all ladies 21 and over, come on up. In the book of Proverbs, chapter number 31, it gives the reading of what a virtuous woman is. It says in verse number 10, who could find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. Guys, if your wife is up here, she's very valuable. God has given her to you, and she is very precious. And if you read on down to verses in 31, it tells you all the things that a virtuous lady does. But reading in verse number 27, it says this, She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. In other words, she takes care of her home. She takes care of, of that. 
Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excelleth above them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. What you see up here right now are moms and ladies who are a great example of, of, in this church. And we want to give honor to everyone that is up here. I'm going to pray right now for, for all the ladies that are up here. I know this is hard for some. Maybe your mom is in heaven right now. And you can't honor her right now, but really, she's inside you right now. What she's taught you, what she has spoken to you, you're a living example. And you're a living reflection of what mama has done. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for all these ladies that are up here. Lord, I thank you for the years of example that is represented. Those that have had children, those that have raised children, those that are raising grandchildren, we pray, God, that you would bless them and honor them. Father, for the ladies that are up here that maybe are not a mom, maybe never will be a mom, but, God, they are great examples to this church, to those that are around them. I pray for everyone that is here. God, thank you for their lives. Thank you for their children. Thank you for the examples that they're setting for them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.